0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, if you want to take a deep breath or whatever you want to do to set aside whatever's going on in your life the circumstances the stresses even the good things just take a moment and let your your mind your will your emotions just settle nothing negative nothing harsh nothing forceful just let them settle let your soul relax be available to god We've been learning so much about his nature, his new nature, and our new nature, that he has re inspirited us, that our spirit is now one with him, and that in our spirit we are finished. Our relationship with God is finished. You never have to do anything to please Him, to be loved by Him, to be accepted by Him. You never have to change. You never have to do or say or be anything other than what you are right now because he's already put you in His family. He's already rejoined you spiritually with Him. Everything forward, everything moving forward from this point is like icing on the cake. It's extra. Any greater understanding, any healing, any area of your soul being reunited with your spirit is all extra. because your spirit is already one with God. Now, he's not satisfied because your soul is not unified with him. And his desire is that you be one spirit, soul, and body, that I be one spirit, soul, and body. But it's not because we're lacking. It's not because if we don't become one, we'll miss out on something or we'll displease him or we will receive a lesser reward in heaven or whatever's next. There are no penalties for being where you are for relaxing and accepting where God has you right now. This is why we can just relax and be available to God. He's doing the rejoining of our soul and spirit. We're over here doing some things, working on some projects that we know to do, but he, God, is doing the real work. Now sometimes he lets us know about what he's doing because he's so excited about it and he wants us to to participate and to be grateful and appreciative. Not because he needs our agreement or consent or understanding, but because he loves us. Remember, he shows his love by giving, giving himself, giving his nature, giving his love, giving everything he is. He lives to give, and his desire for us is that we live to receive. Now, we participate with his giving by receiving. And in our spirit, we have already become, with that new nature, a giver. So it is now our nature to gratefully receive and then joyfully give. Not necessarily the same thing, not at all related. Sometimes we don't even know either one of those is, is happening. But God's nature is love, and He that love is expressed by giving. We, you and I, have that same nature, our nature. Your nature is love, and that love is expressed by you giving. And so often our minds jump right to to money. We give money. That's just such a small, 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 small portion. It's giving of what you have received. When we experience God, when we experience healing and freedom and joy, and every aspect of God. We can share that. We can give to others because we have received. A lot of times we don't understand. We don't see the results of what we give, but that's not our our business. That's not our job. Our job is to simply give. Now when it comes to specifics, we are not, we're not going to be stupid. We don't put our judgment on hold so we can give. We talked a little bit about last week about why we so often want to hear from God. We want to know what we're supposed to do. We want God to tell us, buy this house, take this job, marry this person, decision. And we somehow think that that's pleasing to him when what he is seeking is for us to grow up into him and to develop good judgment as our soul, our mind, will, and emotions are healed and reunited with our spirit, our ability to see things in truth, to know the way, to recognize the life, to develop good judgment, not just what's right and wrong, But what's the loving thing to do? What's the giving thing to do? What's the helpful thing to do? And we learn and we participate and we learn to live and move and have our being in God, growing up into him. Now, this is not about spiritual maturity because spiritually speaking, There's only one spiritual level of maturity, and that is perfection. You don't get any more spiritually mature. You're either spiritually alive or spiritually dead. That's it. If you've been born again, you are spiritually alive. That's it. Now our soul is a whole other matter. And we can think about when Jesus was walking around, he was in constant contact with his father. But he had also developed good judgment. He had learned by the things he had experienced growing up. He tried this, he tried that. And his father taught him. And that's what we want. We want our Father to teach us, not to tell us. Say you've got a decision to make. It's, and this is perfectly what God wants. God wants us to seek guidance. But when we say, just tell me what to do, which way do I turn, left or right? We shortchange and miss out on the teaching and the training and the developing that God wants to do, which is again strengthening the soul that God gave us and reconnecting our soul and spirit. So instead of saying, Okay, God, tell me, just tell me what you want me to do we take on the responsibility recognizing that the circumstances God has put us in were designed specifically for us to develop an aspect of our judgment, of our thinking, of our actions, of our emotions. Now, we all have strengths and weaknesses, things we're good at, Things we rely on, things we try to hide. And God made you that way. There you're not it's not something wrong with that. That's the way God made you. You have the soul that God wants you to have. And we again each have strengths and weaknesses. Very often those strengths are weakness and weaknesses are determined by the society and culture we live in. Not even necessarily by God. So we look at what we can learn in the circumstance that we're in. And again, rather than just asking God, just tell me what I'm supposed to do, He comes back and says, here's what I want you to do do some research, double check your sources. Make sure you have all your questions answered. Check with your spouse. Do everything that's necessary. Do you have any doubts? Do you have any other questions? Where will you be in five years? Will this achieve your goal? Do your due diligence. Because isn't that the case? We often, we just want God to tell us what to do. This job or that job? Here's the thing. The more time you spend with God, the less there's a right answer. We get this idea that we have to be perfectly on the right track, taking every single step perfectly in order to please him or in order to be protected and loved or to avoid pitfalls or gains, gain jewels in our crown or something, when it's the exact opposite. God would much rather you fail and learn something, be changed in your soul, and it's not just learning to rely on your soul, but learning to depend on spirit. When we ask God, okay, just tell me what to do, we're dictating how he's going to be God. Instead, he's looking at our nooks and crannies, and he's taking us again, he's put us in the circumstance. And say he wants to talk about a healing that you need in order for you to be able to move forward. So he will not tell you which way to go till that healing occurs. But if we're insisting on, no, just tell me which way to go, which decision to make, which job to take. We're saying we don't care that you have another purpose that you have deeper meaning to the circumstance. We don't care what else you want to accomplish. I just want to know the answer to my question. Now it's fine to start with that question. Lord, which which job do I take? But if we think that's the that's the only thing that's important, we're going to miss out on opportunities. We want to redeem the time, make the most of our time here out of every single circumstance and opportunity. Sometimes they're real simple. Sometimes they're real important. You know, so often Christians marry without even discussing life-altering decisions, and questions. How many kids do you want? There's this idea that if I marry the person God has for me, everything will work out. And then when things don't work out, there's disagreement about, for instance, how many kids shall we have? Oh, I must have missed God. I, I married the wrong person rather than, I didn't do the work. I didn't let God use the circumstances to investigate every aspect of this decision and take full advantage of it. So when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about his activities and his gifts and and the fruit, It's not in terms of a single action. We are not separating the activities of the Holy Spirit from the activities of the Son of God or the activities of Father. They are all one. They are all God towards us. He is all loving towards us. He is all encouraging and inspiring and changing. And God loves freedom. We all have a chooser that's our will. We have this idea that we have a free will and we have free emotions and we have a free mind. And yet nothing could be further from the truth because we believe lies. We inherited generational curses and obstructions. And we have wounds. And we are surrounded by enemies. Enemies of the world system, enemies of of Satan and enemies of our own flesh. So we're not free in our emotions. We have wounds. We're not free in our mind. We believe lies. And we're not free in our will to make choices. We make choices most frequently out of convenience. What's the easy thing? Or... What choice can we make that we think will please God? Or that will get us out of this mess or achieve a goal? We have our own set of determinants for why we make decisions. But God wants your soul to be free. Not free to do what it wants, but the more free your soul is, the more your soul desires to be joined to your spirit. Your soul and spirit are meant to be one, as well as your body. Your soul's home is being one with your spirit. But there are obstructions, And when we avoid dealing with the process, avoid dealing with the circumstances God has us in, we shortchange ourselves. And we have that that, that expression in Christian circles, going around the mountain, over and over and over again, because we don't deal with what we're supposed to deal with. We don't overcome, we don't get healed, however we want to express it. And we very often look to our relationship with the Holy Spirit to deal with that. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what we're missing. When really it's about our entire relationship with God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Again, they're not different. And we especially in those kinds of terms, we're trying to bring understanding that we can grasp something that is incomprehensible. For instance, when we even start talking about the spiritual realm or even the supernatural realm, most of us have very limited experience and exposure to either one of those concepts. But the spiritual realm is your home. The supernatural realm is an area you have power and authority over and in. Now, as a spirit being, you have power and authority over the supernatural realm and power and authority over the natural realm. Did you even think that? Most of us don't. We feel like we're at the mercy of what's going on in the supernatural realm. And we we feel like we've been warned. You're going to get deceived. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get distracted. When really God is saying, I'm going to use every tool in my toolbox, every weapon in my arsenal to do whatever is necessary to bring you into unity, spirit, soul, and body. And part of the way he expresses himself to our finite mind and our finite will and finite emotions is by expressing himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all equally God. They all have the same motivation, desire, and goals. And we treat them each equally as God now, we even talk to them as God. Disrespect the Holy Spirit is to disrespect the Son and disrespect the Father. To to tell the Holy Spirit, this is what I want you to do, I want this gift, or I want this, this is what it lo- should look like. You're telling God the Father what to do. You're dictating to God. So the more we can start accepting whatever God is doing in our life, the easier it is for us to accept, again, his love for us in whatever way he chooses it. The circumstances he has you right in right now are for you, are for your benefit. They may be uncomfortable. They may be something you've been trying to get out of, but he has a goal. He has those circumstances to bring you into greater healing, greater oneness with him. The more time we spend with him, it doesn't change his goal. It changes our ability to cooperate with whatever he's doing in our lives. Again, he's the one who makes the changes in us. He is... The one restoring our soul, restoring our soul to our spirit. So the when we talk about the activities of the Holy Spirit, traditionally in Christian circles, what we're talking about are, again, like the supernatural gifts, the the um, ministry of the Spirit, how we see God moving. Most often, it's where we have habitually or historically seeing God move whether it's in fruit of the spirit or gifts in the spirit or miracles or however we see where what we think is where God is his moving in our presence our understanding i just want to remind you that he's always doing that God, Father, Son, and Spirit are always working on your behalf, are always giving you words of wisdom, are always sharing fruit with you. They are always doing this. So our part of our goal and a result of what will happen as we spend time with him is we will become increasingly aware of what he is already doing. The Holy Spirit has power and authority over all three realms, the spiritual, the supernatural, and the natural. Since we are, in our spirit, one with God, one with the Father, one with the Son, one with the Spirit, we also have power and authority over all three realms, spiritual, supernatural, and natural. Now, God, as the Holy Spirit, knows no other purpose or existence than to be an extension and expression of God. The Spirit of God is trustworthy and reliable and utterly consistent with the nature and intent of a holy God. That's also true of our new nature, our spirit being. We ourselves are trustworthy, our spirit, your spirit, that is connected with God is trustworthy and reliable. And it's consistent with the nature and intent of our holy God. Your spirit is reliable. Your spirit provides truthfulness. So as we pursue knowing God, and we learn to distinguish the activities of the, whole, of the Holy Spirit from all other sources, we, we learn to divide truth from lies, life from death, shadow from the source, we can have confidence that the Spirit is in fact revealing the nature of God to us in the manner and timing established by the Father and made possible by the Son. So, we can have confidence that whatever it is that the Spirit is doing in our lives is consistent with God's desire for us. We can be absolutely sure that God isn't, the Father isn't saying one thing, then God the Son saying something different, and then God the Spirit saying something different again. They may sound different, they may be coming at, for instance, a healing or a truth that we need to know. They may, it may sound like they're coming from different points of view, but they will always be consistent. And it is our great opportunity to listen and receive what God wants to give unconditionally. So we will pick it up here the same time next week. I always appreciate hearing from you at Diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.